You're listening to KCBS In-Depth. Everyone is facing these huge life-changing moments. The people, places, and issues the Bay Area is talking about. I think it really is important for folks to reach out to people so they can know that they're not alone. We don't know how long all this is going to go on for. And from an emotional standpoint, psychologically, that's a really difficult, difficult thing to grapple with. This is KCBS In-Depth. Chaos, frustration, and a whole lot of unused doses. California's vaccine rollout to date has been even more challenging than expected. So what's it going to take to get the Golden State back on track as COVID-19 continues to spread? I'm Keith Menconi. This is KCBS In-Depth, and today in the program... We're going to take a closer look at how the vaccine distribution is unfolding in California and also cover some of the practical side of things to help everyone understand what this is all going to mean for each of us. In just a little bit, we're going to be hearing some expert insight from UCSF Department of Medicine Chair Dr. Robert Wachter. But starting off the conversation, we are going to welcome onto the program first Victoria Colliver. She is a California-based health reporter for Politico, uh, in fact, based in Oakland for our purposes. Uh, Welcome to the program, Victoria Colliver. Thank you so much for having me, Keith. So uh, an awful lot has happened on the vaccine front over this past week or so, hoping you can help get us situated uh, right off the bat. On Wednesday, the state expanded the categories of people eligible for immediate vaccination to include those 65 and older. Then on Thursday, uh, we got some sense of just how unprepared uh, many healthcare providers were to meet the new surge in demand. And finally, on Friday, we saw uh, the last day of governor's 10-day pledge to administer 1 million doses. So uh, hoping we can cover all of that in a a bit more depth in just a little bit. But to start with, uh, the background on all this, bottom line... California is just not moving as fast as uh, many had hoped in getting these doses out. Absolutely. We're, we're still in this phase 1A, which is the healthcare workers. And of course, we have the nursing home residents as well being handled by the CVS Walgreens. Um, but, but the issue is, is, is here we are, we're a state of 40 million. We have 2.4 um, million healthcare workers. And you know, some areas are moving through that very quickly and some aren't. I mean, we still don't have actually barely enough doses to cover all those if we do them all. And now we've expanded um, expanded into the 75 plus, you know, we, uh, and to the 65 plus, and we're trying to move into the essential workers. Uh, we simply don't have with that to the 65 plus adding 75 plus that's about six million californians to begin with and we just certainly don't have the supply for that at this point and just uh, looking at the figures from uh, earlier in the week uh, as of wednesday it was looking like only about a third of all doses that had been delivered to california have actually been administered and looking around the country uh, you know if we're grading on a curve Gal- california is towards uh, the bottom of that curve so even relative to other states we're not doing all, all, all that well uh, of course uh, as we mentioned a little bit earlier governor newsom set an ambitious goal of getting 10 uh, excuse me 1 million additional shots in uh, just 10 days uh, this Uh, past Friday was the 10th day of that, and we're not going to know exactly how it turned out for a little bit longer because we're still waiting for all the data to come in, but not looking too likely like we uh, hit that shot. No, it it isn't looking likely. I think the most doses we've delivered in a single day was just over 80,000. If you kept at that pace, it was unlikely that we would reach that. Um, And given the fact that there has been 
you know, a lot of confusion surrounding how people are supposed to know how to get their doses, where to sign up, where to register. A lot of counties are setting up their own sites for people to register, even though they don't have the, the vaccine to deliver them. And, and I know people who've been calling Kaiser and spending hours on the phone or different large healthcare providers that do buy the vaccine directly, but are, you know, still scrambling of how to figure out how to deliver that to people. Some people are getting appointments, other people aren't. And it almost seems like there's a, just a great disparity throughout the state of how you get the vaccine, whether you, you know, there is vaccine available for you, whether your county is um, prioritizing 75 up instead of 65 up just because it is a scarce resource. And then we have this whole flood of, you know, the next phase, the 1B folks who are in essential, you know, workers, the teachers, the police, um, people who, you know, are considered really high priority on the front line, it's, it's very difficult for them to know when they're next. And there's a lot of questions about equity and, and pushing this farther behind. And then last little bit of news that I want to squeeze in there, and this is something that came out Friday. We've been talking so far about the challenges that California is facing, and that's just how fast can it get out the doses that it has. But uh, we're now learning that the federal government isn't necessarily going to get out more doses as quickly as we were expecting either. Yeah, I think that came to as a huge shock to folks because the idea was um, to release that, that second dose supply, which makes a huge amount of sense. You know, the idea to get as many people as possible vaccinated, um, at least with an initial dose. I think there was a lot of um, relief. I mean, California was one many of the states calling for that to happen. And it does happen and it turns out, and I think we're still trying to wrap our brains around how the government simply does not have that reserve to give to the states. So what's happening is the states who had planned on next week's supply um, they're just simply not going to get it. And um, as we you know, know right now, the, the, you know, the pressure to, to vaccinate as many people as possible, even if everything goes smoothly, it's, it's just a huge, enormous task. We have, you know, we're setting up large mass vaccination sites and, and you know, we knew things weren't gonna go smoothly, but I feel like you know, this latest news is, is, is a huge blow. And I don't know exactly how that will play out. Victoria Colliver, once again, a California-based reporter for Politico. want to bring in Dr. Robert Wachter to the conversation. He is a professor and chair of UC San Francisco's Department of Medicine. Uh, Dr. Robert Walker, welcome to KCBS In-Depth. Thank you, Keith. Good to be here. Great. Uh, yeah, glad to have you. So uh, we kind of set the table for you there a little bit, hearing about uh, just, uh, I think chaos is an appropriate word to use in terms of uh, how a lot of this vaccine rollout uh, has been going so far. Help us understand. I mean, we knew going into this that the vaccine rollout was going to be difficult. We've been hearing about some of these challenges since uh, basically when the pandemic began. We started thinking through some of these issues. Is this as bad as you were expecting or, or you know, should we have been prepared? prepared for this all along? Well, we should temper our uh, unhappiness with the uh, taking a step back to the beginning of November and recognizing that uh, if anybody had said in November, we would learn that we had two unbelievably effective, 95% effective vaccines that are essentially completely safe, uh, you know, some mild side effects, 
after you get the vaccines, but uh, 95% effective. We would have said that that's impossible. That's too much to ask for. That's a very so important point. The to context, make, yeah. yeah, the context is it's it it is miraculous that we have these vaccines and have them as quickly as we did. That said, uh, everything that followed is a big problem. Mm. I think again, if you'd asked me in November or December. Uh, what the bottleneck would be, it, I would have said it's just supply. There's going to be so much demand for these vaccines. And uh, and we know that the companies only have so much manufacturing capacity. And I hope that the government can get them to rev that up and, and, and get partners involved and that maybe there'll be additional vaccines that will come online. Maybe a third or fourth vaccine will be approved. But uh, I don't think anybody thought, everybody thought the, the vaccine rollout was going to be a little bit bumpy. It's a really complicated thing to do to send vaccines everywhere in the country, get them to rural areas, get them to nursing homes, get them to, you know, every state, every corner of every state. It's a pretty tough, tough task. And I guess it shouldn't have been that surprising because if you looked at the way we uh, botched the rollout of PPE last year, the way we botched the rollout of uh, of testing, uh, I think you might have said, "All right, it's predictable. We're going to get this one wrong too." But it's gotten it's been more wrong than I think most of us would have expected. I think you could kind of give a little bit of wiggle room in the first couple of weeks to for everybody to set up their systems and it was the holidays, but we're now into mid-January. So we're a month out from the vaccines being available, uh, being sent in trucks and airplanes out to freezers all over the country. And uh, for the national n- number to be 40% of vaccines that are sitting in refrigerators and freezers at places where they're ready to be used, 40% of them have been injected. In California, that number is 28%. So that is staggeringly bad, and we have to do better um, because you can sort of take a step back and say, oh, it's, you know, it's a vaccine and okay. But what it really is, is, is it's a life-saving uh, a, a therapy uh, at a time where 4,000 people a day are dying of COVID at a time that it's surging in many parts of the country, including parts of California, and at a time that we're now beginning to run a race against these new variants that, you know, we knew the the race, the runner we were running against, we kind of got to know last year. And now there's a new, there's a new kid in town who runs faster than the old one. And so the imperative to get these vaccines into arms as quickly as possible is extraordinarily high. And we're just not doing it as well as uh, as as we should. The reasons are varied. I think that there, there's been a failure uh, of federal leadership here. The federal government did a terrific job in supporting the uh, the discovery of these vaccines, and they did a pretty good job in supporting the delivery of the vaccines from the factories to uh, to the freezers but did not pay any attention, nor did they put the resources into that last mile of how do you get it distributed at the level of local communities, hospitals, uh, pharmacies. And part of this is, uh, you know, states are pretty overwhelmed and don't have the infrastructure that was set up to do this. So there are a lot of reasons why, but at this point, it's not as important to point fingers as it is to just get this done, to learn what we can learn from the last month. Uh, which I think has been a failure, and to uh, markedly rev this up because every person who is not vaccinated today, who could be, may be a person who gets very sick and even dies two, three, four weeks from now. All right. Well, a lot of really important issues that you just raised, and uh, we're going to dig into all of them in just a little bit. But uh, real quick for anyone just joining us, 
I uh, want to let you know that this is KCBS In-Depth, our weekly deep dive into the events and trends shaping life in the Bay Area and beyond. I'm Keith Menconi. Today on the program, we're getting a handle on California's chaotic vaccine rollout and trying to figure out where it might be headed next. Joining us for that conversation, we're speaking right now to Victoria Colliver, once again, California-based reporter for Politico, as well as Dr. Robert Walker, who we just heard from there, uh, who is professor and chair of UC San Francisco's Department of Medicine. So let's talk about one of the particular challenges uh, that California uh, is facing, that being the, the the schedule that it's trying to stick to in terms of who gets the shot first. And California does seem to be one of the states that is sticking to that uh, schedule a little bit more closely than others. We kind of have a bit of a spectrum. Uh, the idea being that you want to get that shot to the people who need it most, who are most, uh, most at risk. But then the trade-off is that, you know, when you have some extra shots uh, lying around, if you're, if you're sticking to that schedule too much, maybe you don't have the flexibility that you really want uh, to do it as quickly as you want. Uh, Dr. Robert Wachter, what is your sense of how California is striking that balance right now? A lot of uh, criticism suggesting that we're maybe too far on the side of sticking to that, sticking to that schedule. I, I, I uh, am in the camp of that criticism. Um, you know, a lot of very well-meaning people and committees uh, at the level of the state, at the level of national organizations, sat down and in a vacuum over the last several months, really tried to think through what are the priority, what's the priority list? It's a really hard problem. You have, you have, and the problem's gonna change, by the way, in about three or three or four months. The problem right now is too little vaccine, too little capacity to inject vaccine, too many people that want it and need it. In about three or four months, we're gonna find ourselves confronting a different problem, enough vaccine, and trying to convince people who've chosen not to take it, to take it, but for now, the problem is uh, is inadequate supply and tremendous demand. So you have to make some allocation or even rationing decisions. I think in a in a well-meaning effort to try to attend to issues of equity and justice, um, we got we just got too detailed. We created too uh, rigid a framework, and uh, and something that's a little bit too confusing. Uh, and not particularly feasible. So uh, since the very start of this, I've been asking everybody I know, uh, tell me how Walgreens is going to figure out that somebody somebody is a grocery store clerk, or tell me how CVS is going to figure out that somebody's a preschool teacher, or I had thyroid cancer when I was 22 years old. I'm 63, so I'm pretty sure I'm cured 50 years later. If I put thyroid, if I put cancer down on my forearm, and is that a pre-existing condition? And I go first in line. I mean, there are about a trillion questions that flow from the priority list that we uh, that we cooked up. And whenever I heard the answer, well, we'll figure it out. I knew that we were sunk because <laughs> it's it's a really hard problem. So my own belief is that we should be much simpler here. Uh, we had this plan, but as Mike Tyson said, uh, you know, the, uh, everybody has a plan until you're punched in the mouth. And I think we're being punched in the mouth <laughs> now. So I think that we should be much simpler. I think we should go with age first after doing healthcare workers and people in nursing homes because uh, we need the healthcare system to be up and running and the nursing home, the risk of people in nursing homes is staggeringly high. I think we should go with the age groups as, the, as, the, as we've begun shifting to with people over, over 65. And then my own personal belief is we should go to a lottery. My own personal belief is that we should take a very large pool of sort of everybody else and and either the state or the or the feds spin a dial and once a week or so. The number this week is three. The last date of uh, the last number 
in the year of your birth. If it's a three, it's your week to go to Walgreens or CVS or your local doctor and you'll get your vaccine. That's how we allocated gas in the 70s during the gas crisis. It worked very well. That's how we at UCSF have allocated our vaccine to our healthcare workers. We divided people up into some very large groups. And then we said, rather than you know a line around the block or everybody trying to get into the website and it crashing, or you waiting on hold for three hours and getting frustrated, we're gonna do a, a random allocation. And so I, when my group was up, I waited about four or five days and then my email came and it said, it's your time. Here are these appointment slots in the next three days. It was clean, it was, it was understandable, it wasn't gameable. And, and even on the issue of equity, you know, people talk about, well, all these subgroups are really important for equity. I'll tell you in my experience, Every system that's overly complex is inequitable hmm. because who's going to be, uh, t take the tax code as exhibit A, who's going to be able to figure out their way around it and how to navigate it? It's going to be people with privilege and with the means to do that. So I think we got, we, we got too nuanced, we got too clever, and I think we just have to go, go with something that's much simpler, easier to understand. And just the goal here is to get as many, particularly high risk, but as many people through this thing as fast as possible, as many injections as possible, uh, possible. and I think we have to really simplify it to do that. Well, I guess it just proves that if you get 100 bureaucrats in a room to come up with a, a, a solution to your problem, they're going to come up with some more bureaucracy. And that's uh, kind of what we're seeing playing out right now. Uh, that was, uh, once again, Dr. Robert Wachter. I want to turn things over to uh, Victoria Colliver with Politico. So I, I think what a lot of we, what we just heard about really speaks to is, and, and what it's making more complicated is the communication side of uh, of the rollout. There's so many people in California, in the Bay Area, people I know even that just don't really know where their place in line is. They don't know when who should who they should be calling when they might be uh, ready to get the vaccine. Uh, and then the counties as well are complaining that the messaging that they're getting from uh, the state is not always clear. They're they're complaining of uh, differing uh, standards week to week. Uh, clear about when they're going to get their, their next round of doses, how much is going to be in the next batch. Uh, so wondering if you could speak to the uh, the broader issue of communication that California is facing right now and uh, wh what kind of problems that's causing? Well, obviously, the communication has been all over the place. We've um, had also so many changes in how, you know, the different priority groups, you know, adding, you know, you know, adding those over 75 and then adding up to over 65. You know, it seems like the messages keep changing. Each county is, is in control of trying to let um, their residents know how the rollout will go. So we have 58 different counties messaging all different things. Some counties have already said, you know, we're not we're prioritizing those 75. Um, some have said, you know, call your Doctor, doctors are saying we don't have the supply yet for this. So I do think the state, the state is, um, the state is, is things are going to get better. Let's put it this way. Um, we are in a really tough situation right now that we're trying to stand up ways for people to get the vaccine. Vaccine's not there. People are seeing things like Dodger Stadium opening LA, where LA is still doing just the the um, healthcare workers they're trying to message the out to citizens don't you know come down to dodger city stadium and stand in line and expect to get a vaccine because that's gonna kind of happen but other counties are saying hey we're gonna try to get as many 65 and older so that is my way of explaining that it is just um 
it's, it's, it, it will have to be handled on a local level and there will be some um, responsibility for the individual healthcare um, organization systems to reach their people, for employers to reach people, their people, for the counties to do their messaging. And the state is also, you know, the Governor Newsom has added money to the, the budget to do a, you know, a larger campaign, a systems rollout, more money for vaccines, trying to be clearer about the messaging. So we're hoping that um, things will get better. Uh, there'll be information soon about a registry um, that will hopefully tell people the right information and where they can go, both on state and local levels. All right. Uh, real quick, one more time, want to uh, reintroduce you both. This is KCBS In-Depth. I'm Keith Menconi speaking today about the many challenges slowing down California's vaccine rollout and how they might be overcome on the program right now. We're hearing from Victoria Colliver. Just heard from her a second ago. Once again, California-based reporter for Politico. Also speaking to Dr. Robert Wachter, who is professor and chair of UC San Francisco's Department of Medicine. Uh, Victoria, Coll- uh, Victoria Colliver, since we're talking about the state response, let's talk about the political dimension of this all. Obviously, Gavin Newsom is facing a recall push, and he staked at least some of his political capital on this uh, Friday deadline, getting a million doses out. How much could this hurt him if we uh, find out when all the data comes in that uh, that mark was missed by quite a lot? Well, obviously, this is going to be used as political capital against him if he doesn't. Um, I do think there's a lot of extenuating circumstances to this, and we're, we're trying as pundits and reporters and all that to essentially um, make judgments in the middle of a movie where it's still being played out. Um, my question has been uh, for a while, we, the state has had trouble, had had difficulty tracking vaccines. Counties don't know exactly how many um, vaccines are being administered on those levels. I'm just I know that there's delays. I think we'll find out maybe Tuesday what these numbers are. But my question is, did we hit it on Friday? Did we hit on Saturday? Did we hit on Sunday? Or maybe it's going to take even longer. That, that is unclear. But I, in terms of Governor Newsom, I feel like he's been throwing out a lot of promises lately, kind of doing these big things, you know, the expansion. That's what he's known for. That's kind of, he's the big promise guy. Exactly, exactly. And the, the criticism, of course, is he's doing that without having potentially the supply without having the logistics in place to have happen. Um, But the things had to be done, you know, in the sense that he need, he needed to show, Hey, I'm on top of this, but it is a tough, puts him in a tough situation if he makes these promises that he can't keep. All right. And, uh, you know, Dr. Robert Wachter, so we've been hearing so far about all of these logistical challenges. I, I have heard some county officials say that they are stepping up their ability to get the doses out uh, little by little. They are getting better. The trend line is improving. And in not too long, the real bottleneck is not going to be the the distribution side of things. It is actually going to become, as we expected it to be earlier, uh, it is actually going to be the uh, amount of doses that are available. How soon do you see that becoming the reality? And uh, should we see that as a sign of success? Uh, I think it's probably going to be about a month, a few weeks to a month. It it does feel like everybody gets that we have done uh, a stroll so far and we need to be in a race. Uh, Everybody is putting more resources into this. I do think things are going to change from the federal uh, side of things in five days. 
and that will that will improve things. We'll get much more transparency. There will be a national plan. There will be leadership. There'll be more resources. So I think it's fair, and, and I think we've all learned how to do this. It's it just has taken a little bit of time. It's it's not a it's not an easy thing. I can tell you, UCSF, we have given out eighty four percent of the doses that we have. And it wasn't that way in the very beginning. It took a little bit of time to figure out the, you know, how to make a complex system work. But I think we've demonstrated that it's doable. Uh, so I think the premise of your question is right, that, that, that within a few weeks, we'll move to a new stage where we are reasonably efficient at getting doses into arms. And then we're going to uh, bang up against the wall of, uh, of insufficient supply. Um, what could happen there? I know that the Biden administration is going to be working on that problem very hard, looking for other companies to partner with the companies that make the vaccines to see if they can bump up the manufacturing capacity. Uh, there are two other vaccine candidates, uh, Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca, that probably will get, uh, we'll have to see what their data show in terms of effectiveness and safety, but are on a path toward potential approvability by next month which would then potentially add uh, additional new vaccine entrance into it, although add some complexity now with four possible vaccines uh, rather than the two. Uh, so, and then, as I said, I think we'll enter a new stage a couple of months after that when the supply is plentiful, everybody who's in the high priority groups has, has gotten their chance to be vaccinated. And then we're gonna have to focus a lot on making sure that people get vaccinated because there certainly is a fair amount of vaccine hesitancy out there. Well, we only have a couple of minutes left, so actually let's uh, let's close on that point and uh, sort of the more practical end of things, which uh, we said at the beginning of the program that we were going to touch on. Uh, so, yes, as you said, there is a fair amount of vaccine hesitancy and uh, to many's surprise, uh, perhaps even among healthcare workers themselves, uh, although uh, the numbers are, are a little bit confusing. It's not entirely clear what's going on in, inside the hospitals where there is a, a, a low acceptance rate of uh, vaccination among medical workers. But what, 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 what do you think is the important message to get out right now to anybody who is on the fence about whether or not they want to get this vaccine, Dr. Wachter? Well, I think the message is pretty clear. Uh, these are two vaccines that are uh, spectacularly effective, 95% effective in uh, blocking cases of COVID. In the, uh, in the Moderna study, there were 30 people in the study who developed severe COVID, uh, severe enough to go to the hospital, require oxygen, go to the ICU or, or die. Uh, when they broke the code, in the beginning, it's, 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 you don't know whether the patient's got a vaccine or a placebo. When they broke the code, all 30 of those people had gotten placebo. Not a single person who'd gotten vaccine had a severe case of COVID. So these are remarkably effective. In terms of the side effects, we know that a fair number of people will have aching, maybe a low-grade fever, and will have their arm hurt the next day. It almost never lasts more than two days. I had my first shot, and it felt like somebody had slapped me in the arm for about six hours on uh, the day after I got the vaccine. It was a pretty much a nothing burger. <laughs> uh, we know that there are allergic reactions, uh, but we know that severe ones occur in one in 100,000 people. Uh, at UCSF now, we've vaccinated 20,000 people. We've had two people that we had to give uh, Benadryl to, an anti-allergy medicine, none of them that we had to give epinephrine to, none of them who had to be hospitalized. And so that's an incredibly good track record. The track record of long-term side effects from the vaccines is pristine. Can't prove that there won't be some one in a million side effect that pops up. But take it in context. We're talking about a, a disease that is killing 4,000 people a day more than a 9-11 worth of people a day. 
And if we're talking about, well, maybe there's going to be a one in a million side effect we haven't heard about there. It's not even a close call. And I can tell you that the, the minute I got my email saying I was eligible, I ran, did not walk. I ran to get my shot. Yeah. Well, uh, a lot of that information, obviously, stuff that has been covered a, a lot in the previous months, but I think it uh, can't be said enough. Uh, closing thoughts from you, uh, Dr. Robert Wachter. And actually, we, we will get back to Victoria for the closing, closing thoughts. But uh, closing thoughts from you, Dr. Uh, Wachter, you know, how does it complicate things having this new strain of the uh, COVID-19 virus uh, out in the world? Uh, there, there is some concern. I understand that uh, future mutations could make the uh, make the vaccine less uh, effective. What what should we know as uh, we're we're coming to terms with this new risk? Yeah, I mean the, the 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 viruses mutate all the time. I spent the last nine months telling people, yes, they mutate all the time. They're like little typos in a very large document. They don't really change anything. But that's no longer true. Uh, we now know of two mutations: the UK variant, which is more contagious, and the South African variant, where some of the changes are in the uh, in the part of the virus that the vaccine works against. So we don't know for sure that the vaccine will be less effective, uh, but it is a it is a worry. We haven't seen any cases of that South African uh, variant in the United States yet. We have seen cases of the UK variant. So the UK variant is here. It's not super prevalent yet, but the CDC said today we think it's going to become much, much more prevalent. So what that means is there's even more incentive to get people vaccinated as quickly as possible. Of course, now running a race against a faster uh, foe. It also means it, it, for everybody, but, but particularly if you're not vaccinated, if you've been letting your guard down, if you're tired of wearing a mask, if you're tired of social distancing, A, I get it, and B, please take this thing seriously because it's even more contagious than what we were fighting last year. Um, so the message really is that we've got to watch these things very carefully. I'm hoping that the South African variant doesn't enter, and I'm hoping that it turns out to be uh, susceptible to the vaccine, but there is a worry there. But for the time being, the main worry is that this UK variant will become a bigger part of our problem. And that just raises the stakes to do all the things that everybody knows they need to do and get vaccinated as soon as you possibly can. Yeah. And uh, closing thoughts from you, uh, Victoria Colliver with Politico. Do you see, uh, just in your conversations with the, the, the decision makers around the state, do you see a sense of urgency in getting some of these uh, problems that we've been talking about today fixed? Is, is this something that we should expect to see progress on in the weeks ahead? Definitely, definitely. It's just the top priority for people to figure out a way how to get those shots in arms. I think it's a little surprising that California, um, we have our complexities, but I think we surprised ourselves how badly we're doing. And I think that you know adds to the urgency of, of trying to get this right. And also, you know, to make sure that we get our teachers and our other workers vaccinated so that we can get back on track as an economy. I think that's been something that both sides have really supported as well as protecting those who are most vulnerable from getting ill and dying from this. So I definitely, I, th I think that uh, we're ramping up. I'm hopeful. I feel like there's been some moderating um, numbers in terms of the number of new cases. We still haven't seen that completely play out, but it gives some hope. So adding that on top of the vaccine and hopefully we're working out some, I use the word kinks kind of broadly, but mm. it's been you know a, a, a bumpy road here. And if we can find a way to smooth that out and to start getting these vaccines into people quickly, I think that will give a lot of confidence to the state and um, our 
the people who are waiting for this vaccine. Well, well working out the kinks. That is uh, certainly the uh, modus vivendi of 2021, what we should all aspire to do. Uh, that was, once again, Victoria Colliver, California-based reporter for Politico. Uh, also just heard a moment ago from Dr. Robert Wachter, once again, professor and chair of UC San Francisco's Department of Medicine. Thank you both so much for being on KCBS In-Depth. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And thank you all for listening. For KCBS and In-Depth, I'm Keith Menconi. Stay safe, be well. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to KCBS In-Depth. Get every episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Visit kcbsradio.com for more news and interviews. We are the Bay Area's news station, KCBS.